Hey, Paddle Enthusiasts, welcome to Paddle Smash Academy. My name is Cez, Paddle Club owner and entrepreneur. Next to me is Julian, Paddle Master Coach, and we're all about paddle. Welcome back, guys, to Paddle Smash Academy, and today we're going to be talking about the history of paddle. We get asked so many times, I mean, what, 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 where paddle started and, and, and how it became so popular and all that. And uh, we're going to give you a little bit of the background of how Paddle became what it is right now. Uh, the most important thing is for you guys to know the history because it's, it's great to know how the Paddle became what it is now and how it's growing from here. We know that the Paddle was created by uh, Mr. Gorquera. He's a, a Mexican wealthy guy who uh, built up the first Paddle core in his house. How did he came to that? He wanted to. He was a, a crazy about uh, tennis, and and he wanted to build a tennis court actually in his house. And he had only twenty meters length by ten meters width, so he actually created sort of like a mini tennis court on his house, right? Yeah. And he put a net in between, and he started playing tennis in this type of mini tennis park. He didn't have, because with a tennis racket, he will be hitting too hard. He got from the United States uh, platform tennis paddles, you know, the, the very thin paddles for paddle tennis. And he started to play like that. And all his friends, and it was his summer home, people started getting, loving the, the sport. And he started coming up with the rules and, and things like that. Some of his friends, they were from Argentina and from Spain. And then what happens is that uh, the, 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 sports immigrated to those two different countries. But just to give you a little bit more of the background, uh, he had the 20 meters in length and the back wall was the neighbor's, the neighbor's house. And the other back wall was the neighbor's house as well, the, the, the other side uh, neighbor's house. So he started playing this type of, he called it initially paddle tennis. He started playing off the walls, right? And, and he started building some side walls as, uh, uh, as, as well for, not to, for the vegetation not to come into the core. So he had some very small side walls on the back walls. And how has that the, the sports evolved? Uh, the first paddle course, so his friends took it to two specific places in, in Argentina and, 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 and Spain. One it was Marbella. Marbella which is sort of like um, similar to, let's say, to Miami, the place. Where it's, it's a very holiday place where people from all over Europe go there to, to vacation. And Mar del Plata, which is also in the coast of Argentina, it's a very holiday place where everybody goes on vacation. And those are the first two courts in Argentina. In Argentina, uh, it was built first in 1969 and 1970 Marbella. Just to give you a little bit of the background right now, uh, Argentina has over 10,000 courts built and Spain has wow. over 20,000 courts built. Um, what happens in the past 50 years is pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, you know, and, and Argentina had uh, in 1989, uh, the sport became really, it started exploding all over the country. And, and because of the limitations of the walls and all that, it was very hard for people to watch it because you can only watch it from the sides because you have back walls and, and side, side walls made of cement. So uh, one of my dear friends, actually, his name is Horacio Alvarez Clemente. Uh, 
he was the one which were going down to Spain in the Madrid Paddle Tour. We're organizing a Madrid Paddle Tour where we're taking 12 people to play paddle in different academies. We're going to his academy, oh, wow. actually, to play paddle in, in his academy. Um, he's an Argentinian number one, former number one in the world paddle, paddle player and all that. And he was the one who created the first, what we call it, the Crystal Palace, which was uh, an entire court made of crystal the way we know it now. Oh, right. And th that's the interesting part. That, And the way he financed that thing, he reached out to the CEO, the CEO of Coca-Cola, which his name was, uh, it is, Mariano Rossi. He's a dear friend of mine. Actually, he was a CEO of Coca-Cola back in the late 80s. And he was the one who actually sponsored the first Crystal Palace, what it's called back then, and created the first professional paddle tour in Argentina. It was the first professional paddle tour. And, and, and the funny part was that now they saw this niche where now you can watch paddle 360 because from every single view, you can really actually watch and enjoy paddle. And uh, Argentina had the first professional circuit back in the late 80s, early 90s, where all my friends uh, that we grew up playing tennis, my background is tennis, uh, they moved into paddle. And, and some of them, they became actually professional paddle players as we know it. So, so let's talk about um, the changes, right, in paddle. You know, it, it first started in Mexico. I think it became a lot more popular in Spain and Argentina than Correct. It is now in Mexico. But <clears throat> let's look at the gradual changes of the paddle court, you know. At uh, first, it was a mini tennis court, right? Correct. And then maybe they put up some walls to avoid the ball from, you know, you know, uh, passing over to the neighbors and keeping it in play. And is that where kind of platform tennis and paddle kind of evolved from, I assume? I think a platform tennis was was developed before uh, uh, Padel. And, and he made the walls, Corquera made his, the, his walls uh, just for the vegetation not to play, not to come into the court. But then people and his friends start playing off the walls. And oh, that's wow. how we start evolving. Gotcha. And then uh, they started with cement walls. And then the, the flooring, I assume, was uh, asphalt or, or cement. Or cement, right? cement, yeah. And uh, the, the paddles or the rackets were, I think, made out of wood or... Uh, well, they're actually, they, they actual uh, platform tennis paddles, which are a little bit bigger. Gotcha. And they're very thin. But the difference between platform tennis is that you play with a rubber ball and where paddle, right. they started to play with a tennis, tennis ball, ball, which was really, really heavy. And the vibrations were really heavy when you hit that, that ball with a very thin paddle racket. So actually, in, in 1989, uh, the first rubber foam paddle to prevent vibrations uh, was developed actually in Argentina. It's called, the brand is called, which it still exists, S-A-N-E, Sane. Uh, which they have, they manufactured paddles in, in Spain, in Argentina, and, and the rest of the world. Uh, those were the actually first foam paddles that uh, they, how they, the, the sport was developed. Wow. And so, how did the balls change? I mean, I, they used a tennis ball first, I assume, and then it, was it bouncing too much or not enough? And did they have more pressure or less pressure in the new paddle balls now? The, the 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 transition of the of the the tennis I mean they started for many many years they always played with tennis balls, but I think uh, when they came up with the rules in 1991, 1992 they start trying to put all the rules together. They created a sort of like a, a niche paddle ball, 
okay. which, which is just that it's a tiny bit smaller but if you put them next to each other can barely you, tell the difference you, you can't even tell the difference okay. and and actually nowadays uh, some people actually play with tennis balls, tennis balls some yeah. of the tennis balls they are a little bit too fast but um yeah, i mean honestly you can play with both i mean you won't you, you won't, won't even the see difference. the difference gotcha gotcha w one of the things that interesting that happens it's uh because it grew so fast in Spain and Argentina in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, both associations or both sports, even though they were called the same, actually, they were not called the same, but they were played the same way. They had different rules. And just to give you an example, Argentinian paddle. First of all, let's talk about the name. In, in, in Argentina, it used to be called paddle, P-A-D-D-L-E. Like ah, an actual paddle. Like an English it, uh, paddle. Exactly. In gotcha. Spain, it used to be called, like it is now, P-A-D-E-L, -E like yeah. Padel. So that was one of the things that when they got together, they said, okay, we have to standardize the sport and we're going to call it either or. So they decided to paddle. The other thing they have to they standardize are some of the rules. In Argentina, paddle, uh, similar to pickleball, what it is right now, the servers cannot come up to the net. So you have, you know, after you serve, you have mm -hmm. to stay back, and you you can come up after the third ball. Is that what happened in in paddle at the beginning? In Argentina, yeah. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. So that so, sucks. Yeah, it, <laughs> <laughs> it is. But in Spain, you can serve and come up to the net. Gotcha. So when they were playing each other, they have to readjust to are we playing the Argentinian rules or the Spanish right, rules? Right, right. And that's how the the way it is. So when did they go get into turf? You know, for a long time cement. So when well, did they get into that? Well, but let, let, let's just review a little bit. Okay. Another of the rules, which is, is pretty interesting, that in Spain, the side walls so or the side screen, it's, it, it was three meters, ah. right? Three meters or that's what, nine feet? Yeah. And, 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 and in Argentina, it was only down to five feet. Mm. So in Argentina, it was much easier to hit it by three right. because the, the wall of was course. much lower. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and in Spain, it was much more difficult. So that was the other rule that they have to agree. So I'm glad they changed it to higher because <laughs> the paddles became a lot more, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, more tactical and stronger. And exactly. everybody would be taking the ball out by three. <laughs> exactly. You know? It was so easy for the Argentinians because the, 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 the side screen was lower. The other thing that they had... The, which were very, very interesting. The side cement wall, back then it was a cement wall, in Argentina was... Uh, a lip? No, okay. it was three feet more in ah, front of it. Gotcha. So now when they step cross court to you, if they hit that wall, you have to step... Right now you step only once before you hit it, right off the side wall. You, you got to make two or three steps for you right. to hit it because the, the walls were like much more in, inside. Inside, right. So that, that was the, the, the other rule that they have to agree, okay, which one are we doing? it? In Spain, it, it, it was playing the way we play it now. No, okay. So with that, with that. So I see that they made a lot of uh, changes based on the way the Spanish played, right? Yeah, they have to adapt too. Yeah, yeah. But the other thing that the Spanish need to adapt, uh, um, Spanish courts, in between on the side wall in between the the cement and the screen there was a five centimeter gap the lip the lip the or lip. they call them pico <laughs> where actually spanish players you they will hit that. right there yeah they'll play that that's part of the thing and they will that ball will hit that lip and just move forward come back to your to your side <laughs> exactly <laughs> The yeah. Argentinians didn't have that, so now when they played the Spanish, they were they were going crazy. Try to do that, so that's one of the things they adapted and they shuffled it, you know, gotcha. in the same line. Argentina had it on the same line, so 
So it took a while for them to get so together. So did they both play on cement floors? They both played on cement okay. floors in the beginning, cement walls and all that. Argentina was the one who came out with the Crystal Palace uh, mm -hmm. by, by Horacio. Yeah. Uh, and then that was, it was a, a, a it was a huge change because now you can enjoy the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, from all over. So, so how about the turf? You know, when did they well, it, say, "Hey, we're gonna use turf"? Now? Initially, in the beginning, a lot of because you were playing on cement floor and walls, people would get injured okay. pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. because of the turns, the jumping, and all that. Imagine trying to play paddle yeah. on cement. I, I couldn't. Probably couldn't. You know. And a lot of people are they were trying to get injured, so they decided to put some type of turf and they play for with different options, different heights and all that. until they came up with a, you know, the 10 millimeter turf, uh, with sand. So you can be, you it can bounces have a little more. bounces a little more and all that. So that was pretty much the, the, the big changes in the beginning until they standardize the, the sport. So another, another question, I guess people have, and I have, and, uh, maybe, you know, you know, the answer is, uh, why didn't it really take off in Mexico like it did in Spain and Argentina? That's a very interesting question, which I don't know. Um, I think Argentina and Spain have much more tennis players back in the day. Okay. You know, where it was easier for them to start playing this older sport. Gotcha. Uh, that, it wasn't, uh, that it was easier to pick up for a tennis player. Same thing is happening right now, where Mexico never had any good tennis players. You know, tennis wasn't really part of the society gotcha. and, and, and Spain and Argentina had a huge, still has a huge, you know, tennis population. Right. But as a matter of fact, Padel in Spain right now is the second most played sport after soccer. It has passed tennis after 40, 50 years that tennis has been the second most played sport in Spain. So let's talk about that. Why is tennis kind of decreasing in popularity and, you know, and where are these viewers go and players going to, you know, to paddle and, and, and pickle. And, um, and why is that happening? You know, um, I remember, and I'm going to give you my experience, um, back in the day, and I'm not sure if this is why it's happening or this is, this is the reason why I don't, I'm out of the loop when it comes to tennis is when I was younger, uh, that's when I started playing, uh, there was, you know, I used to watch Lendl and McEnroe and Connors and, and Chang and they had all different styles of playing right they have personalities you know um which was great gr brought great drama into uh that sport you know so it, it was it, it, you know you're you're going for this type of character because you, you you liked him right and i think and it was different styles of playing there was you know at the net there was lobs, there's all defensive now um as it went moving forward it started to get more um baseline playing right um Everybody kind of plays this the same way almost. I mean, I don't see anybody else playing any other way besides baseline. So it can kind of get a little boring to watch, I think. Uh, and then also, I think, you know, big sponsors came in like in Nike and other brands. And I think each player had to like behave, right? They, they couldn't like show their character, you know, like McEnroe or Connors or, or whomever, you know. And I think that that left the drama and excitement out of the game. And I think that's, I believe that's the, one of the reasons why I kind of, you know, stopped watching tennis and started moving into, a, you know, a different, different sports. Um, now I watch paddle and you see them. I mean, they're very emotional, you know, they're very loud. Um, it, it, it's pretty awesome, awesome to watch, you know. So that's my view on why I think, you know, maybe tennis is getting a little bit less popular 
and they're moving to you know different sports. I, what do you I, think? I, I think that the tennis industry for quite a few, a couple of decades, I would say it's been either on a stalemate or, or, or decreasing yeah. uh, because of the difficulty to, to really play the sport and, and the amount of time and money that you have to spend at least to start enjoying the sport where now you have these new racket sports like tennis, uh, like, like uh, Patel and, and, and pickleball, which are within half an hour, you're having a great time. Well, that, you know what that, I mean? That hasn't changed in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and now. Yeah. There's always tennis courts and the costs are always the same. Yes, but that was the only option. Well, you know, tennis? When tennis was the only, only racket, racket sport, sport actually. Yeah. You know, now... I mean, there's squash and racquetball and so forth, but tennis dominated that, you know. Yes, uh, but I mean, they're not as popular as, as tennis has become, you know, from the 60s and 70s and 80s. And, and the way the media pushed, you know, the sport, it, it's, it's it, you know... I mean, who would like to see a squash game or, or a racquetball game? I mean, it's not as exciting sure. as watching a, a tennis game. Well, not, and, now, not nowadays. No, I'd ra rather watch McEnroe play Connors or, or Agassi because you know you're going to have some great drama yes. there. Then let's just say some of these newer players just sitting the, uh, the ball back and forth. It's, but but you, know, but you got to also take into consideration that tennis has <laughs> been around for almost 200 years. Yeah. And, and um, you know, you go to Roland Garros and it's be, it was built in 19, mm -hmm. 1902. Wimbledon yeah. has been in the 1800s, late 1800s. I mean, those are, are, are cathedrals of tennis sure. that they've been pushing the game for so long. Same thing as the U.S. Open, you know, first in Forest Hills, then uh, uh, Flushing mm -hmm. Meadows. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it has the, the, the length on the background there, which, but now it's, it's another competition. You know what I mean? They yeah. have to compete and they have to stay stay you know put up with it yeah i think it's also the ease of starting to play i think definitely right on that i mean it's a little bit dark uh more difficult to start playing tennis and you go out there and you want to you've never played tennis and you want to start and you're picking up more balls than anything you know? it's but, true but if you play paddle uh you can get a game going you can get a rally going you know it's a little bit easier to, to start um for, for sure it's extremely fun it's easy to pick up and like i said i mean me when i'm in the court i'm, I'm coaching a, a beginner Within half an hour, they're playing. They're playing paddle. They're they're having a great time. I mean, they they're really enjoying the game. Where in tennis, for you just to keep the ball inside the court, it will take you a yeah. long, long time. Definitely. You know, it's 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 definitely it's interesting. So let's let's talk about tennis players on uh, playing tennis on the paddle court and yes. how. Uh, people are transitioning and learning how to play paddle. Some people are not, and the difficulties uh, it is, uh, you know, transitioning. Because I, I went through that, and I think a lot of tennis players playing paddle uh, go through that or are still going through that. Um, you know, there's a few shots that are you know, unique to paddle, you know, that are not in tennis, and uh, those are some of the shots they may have difficulty with. And uh, but the biggest thing is probably the walls, right? <laughs> it is. So if you come back, if you've played racquetball before, that could help you a little bit. Uh, or even squash, even though the ball doesn't bounce as much. but Or platform tennis. Or platform tennis, that's right. Um, it'll be helpful. But if you're playing tennis, uh, your reaction is not, not to let that ball pass you, you know. And, and, and so you're hitting, you know, shots that are, are high-risk shots because you don't want it to pass you instead of taking your time and playing off the back wall. And if they do, 
it's it's trying to figure out where the ball's gonna go, especially if they're hitting with a slice or what have you, or if it's coming from an angle. So I think the back walls is is really a big thing for tennis tennis players for sure. I I, yeah, I think for the tennis players there are two major things. First of all, they need what I that's what I tell them. You know, you got to change the tennis chip in your brain. You have mm -hmm. to be able to slow down. You know, it's not about in tennis, you're trying to win the point as fast as you can. In paddle, you can. You have to be patient. You have to, yes. you know, prepare the point, set it up, wait for the right moment when to execute it and put more pressure. That's the thing that it's easy to pick up, but it's difficult to master and understand that part. You know what I mean? hundred percent. You talked about a chip. That's exactly what it is. They need to take that, that tennis <laughs> yeah. one and put the paddle in because they've been used to playing tennis so fast. So it, everything is fast for yes. them. And, and, and they don't understand until they understand, OK, the ball's coming high and the ball's and I got to meet the ball. Right. Uh, versus I got to chase the ball. Right. Uh, and so until they get that, um, you know, and slow down the game, as you say, and be a lot more patient when it comes to winners, because it seems Correct. like they want to everything is a winner. Right. For yeah. them. Uh, uh, it, it, that will that will better the, their game and yeah. until they get there. It's they're gonna make a lot more uh, uh, forced errors. And, and, forced and errors. I think the major difference for the tennis player, I mean, you know, when when you're coming into the, the paddle court as a tennis player, in tennis you're accustomed to what we call the collision. Meaning, that in paddle you have three ways the ball is coming to you, right? In tennis you have only one way. The ball is coming, you collide with the ball. The ball is coming in front of you, and you strike that ball in front of you, right? In paddle, you have three different ways. Same thing as standing when the ball is coming to you and you strike it, then the ball is coming from behind you that you have to chase that ball, which is the ball is <coughs> passing you. So you have to go forward to chase that ball or learn how far is going to go forward. And then you have the ball that is coming from the side, either to the left or to the right. So you have three different angles that you have mm -hmm. to really master. In tennis, you have only one. Right. Ball's coming, you hit it. Yeah. In paddle, balls coming, you hit it. Balls coming from behind, you hit it. Balls coming from the side, you hit it. Yeah. The dynamic is completely different, you yes. know, and, and that's what the tennis player needs needs to learn. Hundred percent. It's also about defense. You know, most tennis yes. players are they don't play defensive anymore. You know, they're mostly offense, offense, offense. So paddle is a lot about defense. You know, uh, you have to defend. You have to know when to defend and when to attack. Right. Exactly. So most tennis players are just attacking. And until they learn to defend and wait for the right opportunity to attack, uh, they won't better their game. The other very <laughs> important point that, and I see on tennis players every single day, you're trying in, in, in they're playing as, as a tennis in a paddle court, and you're trying to win points from the baseline, which in tennis you can, right? You can win points from the baseline. You do. Same thing, you, you know, your returns, you're trying to return as hard as possible for you to learn to win the points. In paddle, 99% of the points you win them up the net. Mm -hmm. Very few points you will win from the baseline because if you're at the, base, at, the, at the baseline, you have two players at the net. Yes. So you have to be able to defend well, going back to your point, defending yeah. from the baseline and attacking at the net. And the tennis player is trying to hit passing shots from the yes. baseline. Yes. And then the paddle play, what it does is just let it pass and that ball is coming back and right. you haven't gained anything. You right. know what I mean? It, so Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what happens. And and I um, see these guys trying to hit, you know, 150 a full miles, swing, a full swing. A right? full swing <laughs> return. Right. And the guy just let it pass and then brings it back and they still at the net. Yeah. So those are the th little things that they Definitely. have to change. The other know? things are the aerial shots, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, they, they, I mean, tennis players 
have, have you know, transition are, are great paddle players once they learn these things and great, they do great volleys and great smashes, right? But they want to smash everything, you know, um, and that's the other thing. It's uh, understanding what shot to hit and smashing at the, at the baseline <clears throat> or in the back is a high risk shot unless, you know, you can take the ball out or bring the ball back, you know. Um, so most of the time they're, they're doing this and you get an experienced paddle player. Uh, as soon as they see you arc your back and you're going to hit that ball hard, they're already running up to the net and waiting for the ball. And you'll learn that very quickly. Yes. Uh, and then you'll, you'll feel like, okay, well, what do I do at this point? You know, they're, they're not sure what to do. Um, and, you know, uh, hitting a smash is a high risk shot uh, at the back. You know, even even a tennis player is going to be maybe a 50 percent. You know, Correct. They're going to make it or not. And in paddle, sometimes uh, you win with uh, other people, your other people's errors, you know. And so uh, a lot of times these tennis players um are smashing the ball a lot and, and and there's you know there's the bandeja and the vibra which is unique to paddle which uh needs to be learned to uh and needs to know when to use uh you know the smash the, the bandeja or, or the vibra and uh, I, I, I need, very important for you got you guys tennis players if you're coming from tennis into paddle you need to be able to slow down okay not to not to rush it and, and I think for you guys to understand the concept of paddle compared to tennis, in tennis, you have a maximum of eight complete strokes that you need to master. Forehand, backhand, slice, it's about eight, eight different shots. In paddle, you have 32 shots that you need to be able to master. Yeah. Only within the forehand from the baseline, okay, there are seven, seven type of shots that you need to master, which is the back wall, the, the ball is coming from you, mm -hmm. double side wall, double back side wall, and, and so on, so so those are the things that you have to understand. And the only way you to understand that is just by practicing and taking lessons. Very, very important because you will never, you will pick it up very easily, but you have to understand the concept and how the walls work. Yeah. And you can always watch our video lessons that we have here on our YouTube. Um, but th that's a really important, uh, uh, important thing. I mean, I think me coming into uh, as a tennis player into paddle, um, I only knew my eight to ten shots <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I used. And I did well because, you know, tennis players uh, do well in, in paddle. They, they make great paddle players and they make even better ones once they start learning how to play actual paddle. Yeah. Um, so now let's go with a pickle, right? From pickle to to uh, to paddle. Right. So. That's uh, I, I played with uh, pickle players and they seem to have the chiquitas and, and, and the slow playing uh, down, down for sure. Um, even the volleys as well. Uh, but it's the aerial shots that they have difficulty with and until they learn that in the back walls, of course. I mean, you, know, you don't get any lofts too either. So. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, exactly. And, and so they're there. They have the anticipation, of course, and, and they have good touches with the ball without a doubt. But uh, they lack the aerial shots in the back walls. Yeah. And, and those are the areas there that, you know, I think they have to work on to improve their, their yeah. game, you know. Another question that we get very often, it's now is let's go back a little bit on, on the history of paddle. It's when is the World Cup of paddle? When does it when, How does it work? How does it play and all that? The World Cup of paddle is played every two years and um, it's been played since 1992. Uh, and they play in different parts of the world. In the, in the first few 10, 15 years, it was, it was played either in France or uh, Spain or Argentina or, you know, Italy and things like that. Um, 
So it's every two years. Last year, Argentina beat Spain. And just to give you a little bit of the big difference right now in paddle compared to the rest of the world, um, since they started in 1992, Argentina in men's, Argentina won 11 times the World Cup and Spain won only four times. And in women's, Argentina won eight times and Spain has won eight times. Those are pretty much, that's it, the only two champions and runner-ups on the World Cup. In the past World Cup, what we have seen an, an unbelievable level of new countries and new players coming coming on and, and playing at a level, at a professional level, at a World Cup level like uh, Sweden, Italy, France, Brazil, uh, Uruguay, um, uh, uh, Qatar was there playing, uh, Saudi Arabia was there playing, uh, it's pretty, uh, Japan was there playing. It's pretty interesting what is happening worldwide with paddle and, and a, at a World Cup level. You know, that's something very interesting to start paying attention. But right now, because of the history of those of the sport in between Argentina and Spain, you know, they had already 30, 40, 50 years of paddle heritage on their blood. So that's why there's a, such a big difference. But look, that is, it's, it's coming coming to an end pretty soon you yeah know? I, it's pretty exciting i've seen all those other countries now participating yeah. in, in the world cup and that's that's awesome and uh just recently i think we talked about this about you know paddle being in the olympics yeah because we have enough countries now that that play it and enough continents that play it so that's really exciting i think that's going to give a lot of exposure uh to paddle uh which it needs um and uh, we hope that people get excited about it yeah. i think it'll make a lot of noise uh, you know, and hopefully uh, ins inspire people to create uh, more clubs. Um, Just to give you a little bit of the background, how a sport becomes an Olympic sport. Uh, for a sport to become an Olympic sport, um, it has to be played, or let's say in the men's size, it has to be played in at least four continents and in at least 75 countries, only for the men's size to become a men's Olympic, Olympic sport. In the women's side, it has to be played in at least three continents and in a minimum of 40 countries around the world. And just to give you a, a context, what we are where from now, today more than 50 years since you know, Paddle has been created, uh, we have over 30 million players playing worldwide and in over 90 countries. Uh, if you think about it, 90 countries out of a total of 195 countries, that's a huge, huge yeah. number of Mm -hmm. people playing paddle around the world 90 countries it's it's, it's a almost tremendous half. amount almost, almost half, half yeah. almost yeah it's pretty much half um another good 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 sign is that the international olympic committee has recognized paddle as an international olympic sport and the status was obtained on uh, september 13 2019 so therefore the sport of paddle is only steps away from being uh recognized as a, as an olympic sport now, the big question is this. Is it going to be an Olympic sport in 2024, which is next year? I hope so. I think it is. I hope and so. if not, it's going to be an invitational Olympic sport, but it will be at the Olympics. I guarantee you that because I got that through at some good sources. That's going to be really big if it is in 2024. It is. It's going to bring paddle to another level. Oh, yeah. For, yeah, for it's, sure. It's, and it's, and it's, it needs it. It needs yes. it. Yes. You know, it, it's already going forward. It needs another push. Yeah. You know, um, so. and, and, and honestly, for all of you listening to this podcast uh, here in the United States, uh, the bar is very low 
in the United States to become a, a paddle player, meaning a, a good paddle player, because the competition is is not a, as a you know still amateur, it's still compared, it's still compared amateur to world, right? compared to the world. So maybe if you get start playing paddle, yeah, it's true, and you become very good at it, yeah. you can be in yeah. representing the United States I, in yeah. next year's Olympics. Definitely. So I, I mean, know some of you guys that they're playing great paddle. And I told you before that you you have a good prospect to become an Olympic paddle player um, in the 24 Olympics. So in the 2024 Olympics. It's a great opportunity for yeah. somebody because this is great timing. Yeah. It, you know, it's just getting there. You could ride right on that train. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened last year in, in the in the World Cup of paddle in, in, in Abu Dhabi. I think it was Abu Dhabi or Qatar. Uh, this is one of the first times that the United States participated at, at that level, even though we got killed and they kick our butts. <laughs> but we had the experience. We have right. we had the 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 entertainment and and the experience to take some of the players that we have here playing at the top level to go and play with these monsters of the World Paddle Tour. So that was a very, very good experience. Yeah. If you do make it to the Olympics and you become a professional player and let's say the top 10 or 20 uh, best players in the World Paddle Tour, how much, how much do they make? How much can you expect to, to make out of a living? And now, uh, and how much were they making maybe five years ago? Because I think it's a big, big difference. And then how much do they expect to be making in the future when this gets more popular? Well, I mean, I got the rankings from uh, 2022, how much uh, professionals play in, in prize money. Uh, just to give you the number one couple, LeBron and Galan, they made $350,000 each. So now is that just prize money? Or Only prize that, money. Okay, so not, not sponsorship. So no. what percentage is prize money? Maybe 30 or 40%? No, and then- even more. They, they make at least five times what they make in prize money on sponsorship. I mean, okay. huge. That's why you see their shirts with all different type of sponsorships. Sure. And we can talk about on, on a next uh, next podcast about you know sport, sponsorship packages and how much uh, they works. charge and all that. That mm. will be interesting. Uh, but yeah, they make at least five 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 times. Five times more. Yeah, five times more. Or so they're, they're over. The, the, so you're looking at like a million, one point five yes. in sponsorships, and maybe three hundred thousand in prize yes. money. Yes. So wow, they're they're, they're somewhere in there. Yeah. So Especially if they are top player. Obviously, it's like comparing. You know, a Rafa Nadal or a Djokovic in tennis to a number fifth in the world. And, or do, and do you know where that that do you know where those numbers were? Maybe five or ten years ago, before this this you know, less than half. Less than half. Less than wow. half. And we're hoping for the future. Yes. Uh, this is gonna grow, and then yes. the prize money is, is is already starting to to, to go up. You oh know? yeah, uh, yeah. With, especially with the Premier Paddle Tour and all that. All right. And let me let me give you a little bit of of some history here. What is happening right now? Um, with a professional paddle tour with the W, you know, PT and, and the premier paddle, as you know, there is a premier paddle now uh, competing with the world paddle tour. And just to give you a little bit of the background story here in 2005 is when, you know, the paddle became professionally recognized worldwide. You know, they, they started with the, the paddle pro tour uh, started in, in Spain and in, you know, uh, France and Italy and, uh, you know, three or four countries. Um, that's when they started with the Pro Paddle Tour, and that's when it became really well-known worldwide. Um, and the, the tournaments that were played in Spain, Argentina, and, and the, first, the first year, um, we had uh, Carolina Navarro and Cecilia Reiter, one from Argentina, the other one from Spain, becoming the number one couple in the world. And Juan Martin Diaz, 
mm-hmm. future the reserve, the reserve uh, yeah. yeah and fernando de lasteguin became number one couple that the pro paddle tour lasted for about um quite a, quite a few years so those were the pioneers right they, they were the, the pioneers yes and and something happened that uh then the world paddle tour showed up and they start arguing between each other and, and suing each other and the world paddle tour start playing paying more money to the actually to the paddle tour uh, player sounds like premier paddle and world paddle exactly. tour right now. <laughs> that's what i'm trying to go with sorry it's just happening again you it's know? happening again and and it happened already in 2005 with the world paddle tour coming into play and I start convincing the players to make more money. And that's why Com- all the players, they became more popular. Competition is always good. It's always good. And now mm-hmm. something exactly is happening with the Premier Paddle Tour. Now players are playing the World Paddle Tour and also the Premier Tour because they're making almost twice as much yeah. more money mm-hmm. uh, playing the Premier. Yeah. And, uh, and Premier and Premier has a good backing. You know, they acquired part of World Paddle Tour. So yes. uh, I think they're going to figure things out and i think it's gonna be better for paddle yeah for paddle the players and all that one of the 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 things that it's some of these players are very happy especially know the top players obviously they're making more money but you know the second tier players or the players that they make it one or two rounds now they're making enough money for them to travel to different tournaments right where before in the world paddle tour they were not making enough money yeah. for them to, they have to you sleep. know become a professional they have, to, they have to sleep in the cars yeah, exactly <laughs> sleep that's pretty much what couches. it is <laughs> in, in, they were complaining that in between they have to play their their for ticket you know hotel accommodations food coaches and all that they were just breaking even yeah. barely. So yeah, yeah. that's something exciting that is happening and it's happening as we speak right now. So that's super, great. super exciting. Great for paddle. Great yeah. for paddle. Great for paddle. Guys, if you haven't already, make sure that you hit that subscribe button and turn on your notifications. And remember, it's free 99. It doesn't cost you anything to hit that subscribe button. Thanks for tuning in to Paddle Smash Academy. We hope you'll find our videos informative, helpful in improving your game and learning all things paddle. So until next time, keep improving your game. And remember, Remember, learn, play, and share.